0: Hi everyone, this is Katherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 116, and tonight we are recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 122, A Story of Love and Horror, part two, Spire. Still continuing with the extra long titles. Seriously, but that's okay. Um, We've listened to this episode, and we're going to spoil the heck out of it, so you may want to listen to it yourself before you listen to this episode. You know how this works. But I thought they really upped the creepy in this episode. I love this, and it's stuff that I've always loved best about Night Vale. It's the ability to create these incredibly disturbing images. Yes, especially everything that's going on with Barks-On-Wee, who is the Sheriff's Secret Police mascot, right? Right. He does the kid's PSA. Yeah, and last, the last episode ended with Frances seeing barks on coming out of her TV, telling her that this relationship that she has with Nasser is wrong, and that... It's going to be that everybody's doomed. And that was how it ended. And so we start this episode with the fact that Francis hasn't told anybody about this. And I like the metaphor that they use that, you know, she's carrying around this secret, but she's not really acknowledging it to herself. And that we all do that. We all carry around secrets, like we're carrying gigantic cannonballs in our heads, and that they sometimes throw us off our balance. But most of the time, they're just really, really heavy. Like, "Mm, I like that. And she's not only not telling anybody else, but she's pretty much in denial herself mm-hmm. and that is kind of making it difficult, but she's just, she's happy because she and Nazir are really having a good time dating. I mean, she goes with school functions with him and he goes to book meetups with her and their friends all seem to think that everything's cool except for her friend, Jeremy. I Jeremy. Like said yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's going to replace Steve Carlsberg in the whole, nobody likes you, Steve. Now it's going to be, nobody likes you, Jeremy. Yeah, he had said something to her like, you know, oh, you have seemed so changed. I hardly recognize you. You know, and Cecil explains that Jeremy had kind of liked Francis and was sort of jealous of the fact that she had continued to grow as a person without his influence. Jeremy was, all in all, being a real shit. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but in addition to the stuff that Francis is dealing with, Nazar is also dealing with some strange things, only it doesn't have anything to do with barks on wee who he's never actually seen come out of Francis's TV. It's his mirror, He keeps looking in the mirror and he sees two reflections of himself. He'll see himself and then he'll see an image of himself standing behind himself, always just there. Except one day he looked in the mirror and his extra reflection wasn't there. He thought, great. And then his image steps back into the frame. I thought, oh, (laughs) my God. That was like a jump scare, even with audio, you know, just describing it. It really was. But then it gets worse because this other image brings an image of Francis with him. And they both sit down on the bed and they kiss passionately. And then they suddenly look up at Nazar, who is still standing there staring at the reflection, and they're surprised. And then they smile, and the smile gets wider and wider, and then they're dead, and there's blood everywhere. And then suddenly they're alive again, still smiling. (laughs) Oh, that was wonderfully creepy. Masterfully done there. So, yeah, Yeah. so Nazar starts, you know, covering over the mirrors, which helps for a little while, but yeah, so and while all this is going on i had thought that maybe francis just wasn't telling anybody about that night when she saw barks on wee in the tv no barks appears to her every night and mm-hmm. she's still not telling people and he keeps telling her that the relationship is doomed and she needs to fix it and then he'll disappear and she continues to not tell anybody and nazir is not telling anybody and i'm like great is this going to be one of those stories where nobody tells anybody what's going on and as it turns out it wasn't yeah. So they're just sitting in a restaurant and suddenly they both start crying and then they both start talking and then they tell each other exactly what's been going on. And then Barks-on-Wee shows up at the table. Yeah. And everybody in the restaurant hears them kind of yelp in surprise and they could not see Barks-on-Wee from where they were. So what was it that they assumed that they'd ordered by mistake? Some kind of electro appetizer, I think. (laughs) It's just Night Vale, you know, that's a Night Vale appetizer, sure. Indeed. But ennui tells them that he is the voice of the Brownstone Spire, which I don't know that we've had too many mentions of the Brownstone Spire since, what, season one, I think? Yeah. Yeah, I remember the whole episode about it. And every once in a while, they'd make a passing reference. But it's been well over a year, I think, since we've had anything major from the brownstone spire. Right. So he tells them to go to the spire, and they do. I think they have to drive themselves only part way, but then they have to stop and walk because the brownstone spire you know, only wants humans to approach on foot somehow. But, yeah. but it tells them how to fix this. And they're both horrified. And then I think we go to the weather. Actually, we also had a quick traffic which was called The Indications of the Universe and I have no idea what was going on, but it was really pleasant to listen to. Yeah, it I was. It. Actually, I thought for a second it was it was going to be going into the whole um platonic solids idea, you know, the the perfect shapes throughout uh, existence. No, it got weirder than that. Yeah. And it was very fast, but I really liked it. And we also had a word from our sponsors. I also have no idea what was going on with that. They didn't actually tell us who the sponsor was this time. Right. Which I actually, I kind of like it when they do tell us. Me too. (laughs) I I imagine the people working for these companies just listening going either, we got a shout out on Night Vale or listening what the hell was that supposed to be about? <laughs> exactly. So the weather this time was called Fire Drills, and it's by Dessa. And yeah. we have definitely heard a lot from Dessa before. Yeah. What are some of the other songs that she's done on um, the night weather? Well, she wrote Call Off Your Ghost, which I kind of remember, but I'm going to have to go look it up again. But she also co-wrote the episode Measlet, which I forgot that oh, she had actually yeah. written an episode. Yeah. <laughs> and she was the live music at the live shows uh, 2015, I think it wasn't I don't think it was one of the shows that I had gone to. but yeah, she's definitely a very major part of Nightville. Yeah, I like this one. It was sort of rap, but kind of not. started out with sort of an Indian uh sound to it, and then you know, a really good beat. And uh, I was reading through the lyrics online. and there were a couple of bits, like the second verse. So you shouldn't try to stay too late or talk to strangers, look too long, go too far out of range cause. Angels can't watch everybody all the time. Stay close, hems low, stafe inside. That formula works if you can live it, but it works by putting half the world off limits. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. And it's um the whole... It's the whole idea about having to be wary of everything all the time, having to watch, having to be careful, having to make sure that you're checking that this isn't wrong and that you're not, you know, doing something that's unsafe. And um, the last verse is... um, that's not a way to live, that can't be what a woman is, that gives her nothing to aspire to. What that is, what that is, is just a life of running fire drills. Yeah, that's really cool. I like, like that a lot. I do. Yeah. I like that very, very much. Very timely, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So we come back, and they're back at Francis's place, and Barks' ennui appears in the TV and basically beckons both of them to come into the TV, they do, they sort of fall through the TV, and they're in another universe. And barks on explains that Night vale is kind of like a meeting point of different universes, and we had that whole foo where all the universes were melding together. In all of that that was going on, he says, the Francises got mixed up, and she's now in another universe, And she can see another Francis through the window working in the garden. And that Francis should be in her world and she should be in the other world. And it's really not good that she's in the wrong universe and she's having the relationship with Nasir. And that's what Barks is telling them that they have to fix. Yeah. And there are two options. The first option is that Francis goes back to her universe. The other Francis comes to this universe and the first Francis and Nasir never see each other again. Right, All right. The second option, everybody, including the other Francis in the other universe, gets destroyed, wiped out of existence. And then this Francis can remain in this universe and still be able to have a relationship with Nazar. That's the oh. other option. Like, wow, that's... Yeah. yeah, that's not much of a choice. I mean, I know they're really, they're happy together, but could you consciously make the decision to destroy an entire universe full of people and think it was going to work out. I would hope most people are smart enough to know that's not going to work. So I suspect I know what choice they're going to make, but I don't know. It kind of reminds me of the first Lucifer series, with Lucifer wiping out an entire universe, basically, because it was convenient for what he wanted, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't, yeah. even, he doesn't even think about it. It's just, you know, okay, well, this needed to happen, so it's happening. And that was the first thing that occurred to me when I heard that that was one of their options. So yeah, I, I think, because the next episode, because this was part two, so there's going to be a part three, and the next episode is going to be them having to make that choice. And it seems like it's going to be easy, but I wonder if maybe they're going to try to finagle a third option. Yeah, well, that's usually a lot of these stories go like that, you know. It's like the powers that be have said these are the two choices. I know we'll trick them. That doesn't work. It doesn't. <laughs> I've seen a TV show before. I know it doesn't work. But, right. So yeah. yeah, that was that was a good episode. I liked it. Yeah, the creepiness, like when they go over into the second universe and Barks on Wee is there in her living room, but he's huge and he's taking up like this whole section of the living room and yet he's not really displacing anything in it as he's talking to them god i could just see that this giant apparition kind of hovering in the living room talking to them as they're trying to figure things out such a great creepy image right and they've always been talking throughout these episodes about how unsettling barks looks because he's a two-dimensional character but appearing in a three-dimensional world and i could just i could just picture that that you don't so much see him shifting as he kind of blinks from one stage to another. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Really, really super creepy. But that's it for Night Vale. So that was a good episode. Looking forward. And it's not going to be too much longer. I guess uh, time of this recording, we've got about, what, less than a week until we uh, get the second episode? Yeah. The last yeah. episode? Oh, nice. yeah. So, right. uh, well, mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping it's the last episode because I want to find out what happens. But, you know, yeah. I, I suppose they could surprise us by doing a four-parter. You know, they they say it's part two of three. So I don't okay. know. All we'll right. find out yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They've, they've said that. Well, we'll hold them to that. Though. All right. Anyway. So anything else going on in the nerd world that you wanted to talk about? Yes, Nathan and I finally finished watching the most recent season of Doctor Who. We Ooh. haven't we haven't watched the December um this last December's Christmas episode yet, but we've watched everything that came before that. Boy, it's amazing. I mean I liked the episodes. I was a tiny bit disappointed in a lot of them. Maybe because I thought they rushed a storyline. Maybe because I felt they didn't address something that it would have improved the story if they'd addressed it. I'll go into more detail once you've watched all these things. Sure. But the last two episodes was a two-parter story, and it's amazing. It's really, really good, and I think you're going to like it, and it's worth it to watch the whole season before that to get to those two episodes. Okay, I really need to do that. I don't know why I've been putting it off. It's just so many other things I'm trying to get caught up on, but yeah, I need to go ahead and buckle down and just watch the darn thing. Right, and you mentioned on Facebook today that you finally watched the Oscar-nominated Best Picture get- Out. Yes, I did. And I really enjoyed it. And I, I said to people when I was recommending it, I'm like, I know that it is Oscar nominated and it's timely and it's relevant and it's an important film and put capital letters at the front of all those things, but it's a horror movie and it's a fun horror movie. And the acting is really great. There's some amazing visuals that go on. And I know you had told me that you were worried about watching it because It's about a black guy who is dating a white girl and he goes to visit the white family and there's something off about them. And you were worried that it was going to be really uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable in places, but you and I are real hypersensitive to that. And we've talked about that before didn't go past my comfort level. I felt okay about it. Okay, that's good. It's Isn't it odd to have to talk about the uncomfortableness not going past the comfort level? I mean, shouldn't yeah. that be by definition be past the comfort level? <laughs> yes, but you know what I mean. <laughs> the kind most. Like, it never made me want to get up and leave the room. It did get awkward and weird from time to time. But I don't know. It just, I think probably because they landed on the creepy as opposed to the uncomfortable. Okay, that's that's good. That's exactly the explanation that I'm looking for. And I have heard nothing but good things about this movie. I mean, everybody has been talking about it since it came out. Yeah, and they talk about his friend... Who he talks to during the movie, and you'll have to watch it. But his friend is worth a watch as well. He's a stand-up comedian who did this role and everything, and apparently did improvise some of his lines, and you can tell it's he's funny. And that, <laughs> yeah, I liked it a lot, and. course, Bradley Whitford's in it playing a character that's similar to his character in The West Wing, and yet not. And so we'll go into that (laughs) once you've seen it. Yeah. It's good. I enjoyed it. I really did. And now I've actually seen two of the Best Picture nominations. Jeez. I still need to go out to see Shape of Water. Okay, apparently the local theater is running a special. I think it's something like $35 to see all of the nominated Best Pictures. Oh, nice. Very nice. So I may have to, I don't know if I'll actually be able to make my, because I get, you know, sort of uncomfortable in big movie theaters when there's tons of people, mostly because it just increases the chance that somebody's going to be a jerk and talk through the whole thing. So right. I don't see as many movies as I would like to. I'd like to see a few of them this time beforehand, because I think last year I did not see many of the best pictures. I know I saw Arrival, but yeah. I can't oh, yeah, I yeah. saw... I don't know that I saw any of the other ones, but... No, I didn't see Moonlight, which ended up winning. I didn't see Lion. I saw La La Land, and I saw Arrival. And then there were some others that were nominated. I don't know. But yeah, I was going for that this year, too, to be a little bit more on top of it. But for crying out loud, I haven't seen many of the best animated features, and that's just a crying shame. I love the cartoons. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. (laughs) I did actually watch The Breadwinner is on Netflix, Uh and that's the one about a girl in Afghanistan who disguises herself as a boy mm-hmm. to help her family. I just watched that one last night. Mm-hmm. I think you'd like that one as well. It's okay. definitely got a little little bit of an Oscar bait smell to it, but not as much as you'd think. And the style of animation is cool because there's like a style of animation for the whole story, which is simplistic, but surprisingly complex. They did a great thing with expressions and angles and lighting and everything. But then when she's telling a story to her little brother, there's almost like a picture cutout type of animation that goes on. And I love it when they do stuff Ooh, like that. Yeah that you just recently showed me an animation from one of the Harry Potter movies. And it was the story of the Deathly Hallows. And that animation was done by Ben Hibon, H-I-B-O-N. And it said created by Frame Store, which I'm assuming is the animation studio he worked with at the time, I guess. But I went and found his website. And he has a lot of very cool animations on there. Well, I loved the animation from the Deathly Hallows. That sort of kind of silhouette paper cutout kind of thing but then yes. really intricate especially the bit where death sprouts wings at the end of it and flies yes. away. Oh yes. I love that. It reminded me of death from uh, American Horror Story which has been yeah. one of my favorite images from that whole entire series is how they did death on that one season. It's not just the fact that she unfurled her wings in that like the first time you see her every time her wings go up they go up fast and I just <laughs> I love that image it was so cool. Now, did you ever see see um Constantine the Keanu Reeves movie no I've heard good things about it though well kind of um the images are really really good and they have the angels have wings and they will unfurl like that and that was what that reminded me of so I think you would like some of the images in that movie the movie as a whole I don't know yeah I've heard that too did you ever watch Legion No, I didn't. That's another one that I've heard good things about, and it has to do with angels and stuff like that. I need to... It's too much good TV out there. I swear to God. I know. Yes, it's hard to keep up. Uh, speaking of TV, have you finished watching Hannibal? I have. We're going to have to do a whole episode about a whole that, got, episode. Okay. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. We I, can't I we can cram can it that. into the last few minutes of the podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Not after all this lead up. We have to like give it the you know the time that it deserves. I will say just briefly that. I thought the second season was phenomenal. Third season kind of slow, actually. I felt the whole, I don't know, Red Dragon storyline. I didn't care for. And then you had the very final episode. I'm like, okay, I think you redeemed yourself. Yes, I think so. More (laughs) details about that one, but Ah, yeah. I'm still working on my cosplay for this year's conventions. I'm really thinking I want to go with the 10th Doctor Genderbent cosplay. But I am just completely ripping the hell out of the suit that I wore at New York Comic Con. Like, ripped out all the lining, all the shoulder pads, everything, making it all. Because the 10th Doctor, you know, it's a very close-fitting suit. I mean, it's almost like it's too tight. So I want to do that. But I also bought a cheap cotton shirt that I am going to, like, take the front panel of, like the collar and the front panel, everything like that, and sew that to the inside of the suit. So I am not wearing an incredibly hot suit with a shirt underneath it. Exactly. And yeah, that's what I definitely wanted to do if I ever do the 11th gender bent one again. I, I don't know, I really tried to get clothing that would be cool and looked very similar and everything, but it wasn't you could tell that it really didn't fit me, so I really <laughs> want to do something just a little bit better than that. I got enough accolades from people because I was carrying a sonic screwdriver and I had a fez. Obviously, I'm the eleventh doctor, yeah. but I would like to be better than that. With me, I really think it was the 3D glasses and the sonic screwdriver, and you know, yeah. I had a suit on, so obviously they knew. And I think the um, the converse sneakers helped as well. And I thought we looked obvious enough in our pictures with Alex Milne and Stefan Sedge. And I thought, just looking back at those pictures, I'm like, okay, you. can tell what we're supposed to be so that's fine (laughs) now that actually is a good segue i really want us to be able to have that discussion at some point about getting artists like alex milne and stefan sej and see what their prices are for commissions yes i think i like the idea of having adam warren do a clintasha picture that would be amazing i like the idea of having alex milne do a uh, mighty orbots picture yes i think it would be kind of awesome to have stephanie hans do a Transformers Pictures, specifically RC and Springer, who I know <gasps> it's not a popular matchup anymore because the RC character has evolved so much now in IDW to be completely unrecognizable from the RC that we remember from the Gen 1 cartoons. However, still one of my favorite pairings. Still exactly. one that I have a lot of love for. Boy. Stephanie Hans, isn't it funny that as soon as you said that, I'm like Stephanie Hans will probably be more expensive than all the rest. I think she's really high up. Yeah, she's really pulling a lot of love in the Marvel DC world right now. Okay. For some reason, I just, I don't know. I had this idea that Alex Milne could probably uh, command a pretty high price, too, just because of all of his work with IDW. Yeah, Adam Warren, too, I'm sure. But it's just I always figured that... You know, you could command a pretty good price, but you start drawing for the big two, and you can really jack your prices up. Well-deserved. I mean, definitely well-deserved. Isn't that interesting? Okay, so hang on. Yeah, so Stephanie Hans has actually drawn for DC and Marvel now. So Because I was thinking of her, um, the Batgirl one that she did. Yeah. Yes. um, Yeah. But yeah, she was, oh, wow, all of those... um, Alternate universe ones and crap. Hang In on. Secret Wars. Yeah. In Secret Wars. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and she also is apparently doing, I don't think she's doing the interior art, but she's doing the cover for a new Buffy the Vampire series. And I've seen the pictures of the cover. It's really pretty. My only thing is... Uh, that is so problematic. Joss Whedon is coming back to do it. And I'm like, oh, we're not entirely happy with him yet. Are we? I don't think that we are. I don't know. It's, yeah. I mean, because obviously his ex, his ex-wife now, or? I believe so. Okay. I believe so. Yeah. Has a lot of horrible things to say about how he treated her in their marriage. And apparently, yeah, I mean, there was that whole comment about the fact that, oh, great, now we get to wonder which one of the female uh, cast members on Buffy were the ones that he was sleeping with. Right. That sort of thing. Has there been any um, accusations of harassment or assault? There haven't. So that is definitely, I I think that's a little bit better. I mean, it's not, it's certainly not great to cheat on your wife, obviously, and to treat her horribly. Yeah, I was about to say, was he abusing her, too? I mean, you know, infidelity is a type of abuse, obviously, but... Yeah, no, I don't... think so. I don't think that was the gist of the letter. Isn't so, that awful th- that we're trying to parse the level of assholery just so that maybe we can justify <sighs> liking his stuff anymore? God, how did we get to this point for crying out loud? And obviously, you know, let's go ahead and be honest that anything that he and happened with him and his wife, when you get right down to the brass tacks, has nothing to do with us. Okay, I have not <laughs> been yeah, personally victimized by the guy. I'm not going to say that. I'm just saying that sometimes it's just like, don't get to know your heroes too well you know well it's awful because you know it's one thing to really like someone as an actor or an actress and then find out they're shitty to their fans you know shitty meaning they don't cater to us 24 hours a day sometimes you know i'll take that with a big old grain of salt but you know and then yeah you've got oh well you know they're just a flawed human being that doesn't excuse hurting people my god no it doesn't but and I th- I think that was actually unfortunately I think for a little while Kevin Spacey was kind of like holding on to his career by that whole thing like you know just a just a flawed human being I'm like yeah I think it went beyond flawed dude and I'm still kind of bowled over with the fact that now he's no longer a thing I mean it's just that like that is so weird to how me. Yeah. on earth do you mess up that badly that you go from being the one they call on if they need a big star who can act really well to suddenly not even being able to run for dog catcher in a county election, that kind of no, thing. Just, no, no. You're done. You're th- that, absolutely the fact done. that they're going to actually spend the money to take your face out of a movie that's already been like in the can, and they're going to go back and reshoot and possibly digitally put somebody else's face over your face. That's how low he's sunk at this oh, point. Oh, and but, that's God. just that's also weird that we were in the position that that can actually be thing. I mean, did you yeah. ever, back to Joss Whedon again, did you ever watch his commentary for the first Avengers movie? Now, you know what, I never have, and I know you love that one. I, so I really, really do. Yeah. But he talked about something at one point, the whole scene with Stark and Banner. And they're yes. talking, and it's it's the one where you know the the scene where he pokes Banner to try to get a rise out of him, whatever. Joss Whedon was talking about, you know, they're walking back and forth across the um, the lab area they're in, and he points out at one point, all right, right there, Chris Evans was standing right there because he was originally in that scene, but they decided it worked better to have him come in later, so they removed him, and that whole thing makes me really uncomfortable I'm like me too the fact that wow. you could just just do that just wipe somebody out of a scene well I would certainly rather that than put people into the scene when you really shouldn't be excuse me end of rope one and Carrie Fisher and <laughs> oh I could God. have so many different ways they could have done that and it would have been so much better but they went that way Ugh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> whatever absolutely yes so anyway um, well that's a lot of uh, real life <laughs> grim topics there but <laughs> seriously Good good holy God, how did we manage to get to this point of the conversation? Do we ever know how the hell we get here, a twisted web we weave? I'll finish it up by saying that I also started the movie The Boss Baby, and I haven't... You know, I'm just watching it little bits and pieces. I say that the bad thing about it is it just it's not very compelling all the time. It doesn't grab you. I've heard other people say that before, that it's just, it wasn't all that interesting. I will say though that the animation is good and there are a lot of clever moments. I mean, just some really, they do this thing with the baby's expression that it changes expression very quickly in a way that I find really appealing. So it is a, a movie with a message you can tell, But, yeah, I can see why it would get nominated just for sheer technical skill going on. It's a pity the story wasn't better, but... It's still, it's fun, and it's on Netflix, so I didn't have to pay extra to watch it, so there you go. Everything you said about that, that it's not really compelling, but it's kind of fun and has some clever bits in it, and I guess it's okay. That's exactly what I've been hearing about the uh, latest Ardman movie, Early Man, the one that uh, Tom Hiddleston's doing a voice in. Everyone's like, it's basically damning with faint praise. It's like, yeah, I went out to see it. It was fine. It was good for the kids. Oh, no, that's never good. Yeah, I saw somebody who had said that they had to watch it because the boss baby, because, you know, they were babysitting somebody or whatever. They're like, it was definitely entertaining to watch while you're babysitting kids. I'm like... That's not really the thing I needed to hear. Yeah, I was about to say, there's stuff that's fun for adults and kids, and then there's stuff that is fun for kids that adults won't want to pluck their eyes out while they're watching it. And how about that Incredibles trailer? I've seen the extended one, and I've seen the teaser one with the little baby Jack running uh, towards the logo. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they don't miss a trick. I mean, just Samuel Jackson's reactions to baby Jack. <laughs> what the? <laughs> just, I'm so looking forward to that. I really... Kind of gotten myself used to the idea that we weren't going to get a part two. It had been too long. And now they're giving it to us and it looks like it's going to be good. It's so going to be so good. Yeah. And the, I just, I mean, I keep going back to Samuel Jackson. He can do no yeah. wrong. Samuel Jackson, don't you ever become a flawed human being the way, oh, you know, no. a lot of other people are doing. Uh, let's just keep you perfect. Thank you. Please do. Yes, God. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's a pretty good note to end it on. I, I think, think so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so make sure to check out pixelated geek.com for all the book reviews, the comic book reviews, the movie reviews, the podcast, the photo galleries, the video game reviews. We are heading into convention season. It's getting closer, but we will um, we will continue to put stuff up as it comes in. We get a lot of PR stuff in from the comic book people. Apparently Hit Girl, Mark Millar's Hit Girl, got a second release, I suppose, of Hit Girl number one and everybody just lost their minds about it. I'm like, oh apparently I need to read this book. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) So make sure to check all that out, pixelatedgeek.com. So I guess probably next week we're going to finally have to get into the final couple seasons of Hannibal. Yes. Yeah, well, we'll have to have a choice there because it's either the latest uh, episode of Night Vale, part three of this current storyline, or we'll have to talk about Hannibal. (laughs) One of those things. So for all that and more, I guess we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.